Okay, looks like we are there. Um, good afternoon, everybody. I'm Angie Atkinson, and I'm here with the lovely and talented Lisa Colucci. Lisa, welcome back. Hello, thank you. Hello, hello. All right, so today we're going to talk about narcissistic supply. And, oh, nope, it's myself and my ears. Okay, today we're going to talk about <laughs> narcissistic <laughs> Right. Today we're going to talk about narcissistic supply, and when you are a source of narcissistic supply for a narcissist, how they sometimes become obsessed. And I mean, on the flip side, sometimes we become obsessed with them. So let's just uh, let's just get get moving. Hello, Kelly. Um, so we are when you're. This came from, by the way, a reply on my request for video topics. So we're mm -hmm. going to start with that, right? Um, so the person who sent the 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 reply or the request wanted to know it's a i believe it was a male wanted to know what what to how to deal with i think and what to expect when as a source of supply the narcissist becomes obsessed with you mm -hmm. right and so we have all maybe experienced i mean i think one thing that happens first is that a lot of us get the opposite feeling right and and we start to think they think we're nothing we feel like nothing they might cheat they might do all these extra things but they seem to hate us, right? And so we, we go, how could they even be obsessed with us in the first place? They treat us so bad. Well, the thing is, the obsession comes from you being the source of supply that they feel most comfortable with, mm -hmm. or, it, or right? And so, sorry, even though they may not like you or seem to like you as a person, when you take yourself away from them, then they need the validation that you provide them. They need the supply that you provide them. Not everybody can do whatever it is that you're doing for them. You may not even realize what it is. Um, I know a lot of times with there's a there's a concept called the Madonna blank. I can't say the blank because we're still mm -hmm. in the first two minutes, mm -hmm. but um, where you are treated if you are in fact the mother or father figure in this person's life, which unfortunately happens more often than we'd like to say, um, even though you're not, but they right. put you in that they role. They put you in the role, mm -hmm. right? So then you're the Madonna. You're the one they in that situation. They don't maybe act romantic toward you, but they act like their family, sort of, or like you're their mother or father. And then you start to, does it, in the chat, does anyone recognize this at all while you're here? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Have you ever experienced such a thing um, where you're, or on the flip side, if you are a source of supply who is considered more about intimacy than, mm -hmm. than actually family or home, um, well, then you're going to be treated like the other one, not the Madonna, but the the one that the starts other, with the other version yeah <laughs> right, right w <laughs> yeah uh so then you'll be treated only as a you know intimacy object and intimacy object <laughs> objectified and objectified yeah yes so they'll go Thanks. to the primary source one living at their house maybe for to dump their emotional garbage to get their laundry done <laughs> whatever mm -hmm. it is that you mm -hmm. do for them. and then they'll come back to the other person and that person will be there lover or their intimacy partner and then you feel yeah okay i'm seeing it in the chat you guys are feeling this okay good um <clears throat> yes thanks chris uh chris is putting the reminders in the chat right now thank you we appreciate you um and what else do we need to say oh so so we're going to talk about that so lisa have you ever experienced either side of that in your relationship of the obsession um oh, for right now let's talk about them being obsessed with us with them being obsessed with us to a degree, mm -hmm. I don't think it, it's 
necessarily always felt like obsession unless you're really trying to go no contact. Yes. I think what it feels like is attention and focus, but you start to see that it's like really interesting because what happens is they are very controlling within it. Yes. So their obsession makes them jealous, makes them controlling, makes them need to right. say jump, you say how high kind of um, yes. behavior. That's partially just kind of how narcissists act, but it like goes a step further into where it's super controlling. Um, yeah. And I don't think you notice it because you're just trying to please when you're within right. it. But if you're right. stepped out of it and you're going no contact and they're still coming at you and they won't leave you alone. I haven't. Ex- right. Well, yes, I have. I had one find me years later. I mean, it was this constant Hoover obsession thing, but it wasn't like hoovering to get back. It was this weird obsessive. What is she doing? Does she, is she mad at me? Does she like me? Is she, is that like me, me, me? What does she think of me? And then years later, send someone to um, work at a place I was working, sent a friend in to get a job there for real. Like, I didn't know. I was like, whoa, that's weird that you work here too, 2000 miles away from where we were, but okay. It wasn't 2000, maybe like a thousand miles, whatever. But still (laughs) far, far away, many like airplane right away from where you were. And, um, and yeah, that's weird to bump into you here and to get a job here. And then it came out later. She said, oh, he sent me here. He said, he said, you're working here and I should get a job here. Wow. So that's yeah, a little weird, this... weirdly obsessive in a weird, yes. like, yeah, that was maybe seven years after I had known them. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's outrageous. Um, <laughs> he wants to make sure you're not mad at him. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. That's great. Um, wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's terrible. Okay. All right. So I can get, I can yeah. really. And that's um, supply, right? Because there's, there's no way to it to not be supply. The best I could do was right. just not respond to her. Right. But right. super uncomfortable. Incredibly. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing they will that, and see most people that people probably think that's obsession, <laughs> but, but a lot of times it's not even that, that bold, right? It's they, you know, definitely they have the flying monkeys, right? And, and those people are involved. And that's how sometimes we miss it, right? Because maybe, you know, the neighbor checks in with you to make sure you're okay. And, you know, you think that's really nice, but in reality, he called them and said, you have a, or she, he or she called them and said, you have mental problems and they need to make sure you're okay mm-hmm. or whatever. Oh, that's yeah. one way they, right? That's one way. Oh, yeah. and, that, and another thing is they hoover you by calling you about the dog or about, you know, somewhere, where do you, where did you put the bowl that I use for this thing or right. something like you've left the house. And so, mm-hmm. you know, um, or they make up a medical emergency. It's kind of, there's a Hoover factor involved with the obsession, but the right. obsession can even be happening while you're in the relationship. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And, and again, that's what I meant, but it's like a little harder to spot because it's part of, it feels like oh. controlling, or it might feel like um, gaslighting in a way that's like, why are they saying I'm doing these things I'm not doing? Why are they trying right. keeping tabs on me? Why are they, you know, chasing away all my friends? telling yes. yeah dictating what I should and shouldn't do but to an extreme because all narcissists do that a little yeah right and yeah. Some, yeah absolutely some some are blatant some are more right. covert and hidden about it but it, it's it's a thing yeah now Charlene Miller says I'm not a mother figure I just have to do all the cleaning and if I don't I'm discussing so in a way maybe you're not a mother figure but that narcissist has placed you in the Madonna role so you're the one who is 
taking care of the home front. You're the one who is doing the cleaning and the, the cooking maybe and whatever mm-hmm. else it is. And the, the you being disgusting thing, that's not even obviously not true, but but it's about it's about keeping you in your place so that you don't th- start thinking to yourself, you know what, I can really do better, right? Um, they don't want you to know that you can do better than them. Right. <laughs> so, and that you being disgusting, again, is about them putting, he wants you or she, I'm, I'm not sure which, wait, which where, where you're at, but the person that you're dealing with wants you to feel small. And, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, if you have to take 57 showers and clean the whole house to get it done, well, then that's how you, whatever he wants from you or she wants mm-hmm. from you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, so, so the other thing, and, and I think for me, one of the m- most difficult parts of it was like, you claim that you're like so into me or whatever, but you're obviously talking to me like I don't matter. Are you doing this? Are you doing that? Whatever. And so you're thinking to yourself, this person doesn't even like me. Like, right. <laughs> and so, but they want every second of my time. Oh, well, for- obsessed with you doesn't have to mean likes you. Exactly. That's they the can be obsessed with torturing you. They can be obsessed with with thinking you're the bad guy. With thinking yes. you're the, well, not thinking, creating the the um, illusion that you are the problem. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. We have. Wait a minute, Donna. She says, "I feel used and blamed. I was not desired." And that is another way that you think they can't possibly be obsessed with me, right? Mm-hmm. But you were used and you were blamed, I'm sure, for things, tons of things you didn't do. But the reason, again, you're not desired, that gives you something to focus on the way the narcissist sees it. You know, they have, they, they're going to create problems with you, even if you have legitimately done everything possible and you're nearly perfect. They will create a reason to be angry at you because you are, in fact, when, especially when you're living in their house, most of the time you're their primary source of supply or they're living in your house. Um, and so, used and blamed and not desired is a great way for a narcissist to keep you stuck, keep mm-hmm. you focused on things that, that are unrelated to them directly, you know, because you're like, oh, well, how do I make myself more attractive for this person? At least that's how I was at first. Um, and you start making changes and you're so focused on getting their attention back in a positive way that maybe you're not even fully seeing that. In fact, they're giving you plenty of attention. It's just all negative, hateful attention. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, at some point, you, you know, you might burn out and say, that's it, I'm, I'm done and leave. Or unfortunately, sometimes we just, we sort of stay and give up, right? So mm-hmm. we, we look at ourselves and we look at the situation and we go, well, obviously, you know, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not desirable or I'm not this or that or the other thing. So certainly I, I shouldn't try to go anywhere else. I can't, even, I'll, I'll be alone forever or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. It's, part of the, it's part of the plan to keep you there. They need you to feel bad about yourself so that you're stuck with them. Right. And Donna, I would ask you, if you can, in the chat, tell us, how was it in the beginning? Did this person always make you feel that way? Or did it start happening after the love bombing phase? I'm interested to know that because for what, what I've seen is, of course, they're obsessed in the beginning a lot of the times, which I think is fairly normal. Oops, I think it's fairly normal for <laughs> relationships to begin that way, right? Mm-hmm. To where... Well, yeah, obviously. Yeah, that's normal. Right. We call it like the honeymoon phase, right? With mm-hmm. other, with healthier relationships. But the difference between what the narcissist does and what a honeymoon phase looks like is the intensity and the ongoing, um, what's it called, please? Like the ongoing, okay, the intensity, the ongoing right. intensity, the, the fact that they're up in your business all the time, whatever, mm-hmm. within the first few weeks of your relationship, if not sooner, 
you will start to make changes already based right. on this person. And you'll think, I just want to spend every minute with them because they're so amazing in the beginning, some of them. Um, but yeah, some of them. <laughs> in, right, right. Not all of them, trust me. <laughs> but in reality, what's happening is that you you are being tested during that time. You're learning. You're being groomed and tested. Groomed. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so when with a healthy relationship, they're not necessarily uh, as strategic in the right. beginning. But then <laughs> what happens is in a healthy relationship, you kind of settle into a comfortable a comfortability with each other, right? And you start to like fart in front of each other and like do do right. things. It's that not that horrible. Yeah. Right. Well, it's and it's the limerence phase, right? Like it's normal and natural to have that attraction. Our brains go into back down into the amygdala again, where we're just sort of not connected with logic anymore. And right. we are, it does feel a little like obsession with someone or or completely drawn to someone. Sure. So everyone's feeling that even narcissists, but the thing is narcissists use that to then manipulate you. What they're doing is pulling information from you to find your vulnerabilities, your, yep. where you're sensitive and all of these things so that then later they can turn on you with that stuff. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. And, and so then when, with a toxic relationship, what happens is as soon as the love bombing phase is over and it could happen way before you expect it, you'll snap. All of a sudden everything is darker and it's you're they're complaining about you to you or they're making little snide comments mm -hmm. which eventually become full-on verbal attacks or worse right, right? and they're using um, the things about you that you feel insecure about or you feel vulnerable about or you feel or you told in confidence yes and they're using those things backhandedly to um come after you and to, exactly. and to put you down as as someone was saying here that the, all the put downs they said was grace fair she said talking the talking down parts i only now realize that he was is always talking down to me i just thought it that he was smarter than me for years see and that's what they do it's not like it it's slowly built up because at first you're like whoa they're super intelligent and then all of a sudden they start talking down to you right and you think well that's because they're so intelligent i already know that about them so i must right. be stupid and they right. yeah mm -hmm. it doesn't take yeah. much to to flip our brain into believing it and part of the reason is not because we're not intelligent or capable. no it's because most of us a large percentage of us grew up with some kind of toxicity in our lives mm -hmm. and we're taught you must do xyz to be seen and or loved and or heard and mostly you didn't get seen or heard or loved right <laughs> and mm -hmm. you know and that's not your fault but it's we've all experienced well most everyone here anyway has experienced some degree of that right so right. so it doesn't make you yeah crazy and bad it, it makes no. you just very yeah human now, <laughs> yeah human yeah yeah, yeah. Now, i'm gonna now, answer kathy real quick because she has yeah. a really quick question kathy klein glover is asking what does the term hoover refer to it refers to being sucked back in being pulled back into any interaction with a narcissist good or bad at all yeah the relationship yeah. itself the relationship <laughs> itself with them and and giving them attention again they're trying to get your attention whether it's good exactly. attention or bad attention. So right. I just wanted to you, do that quickly because, and so did That's get important. Yeah. No, that's important. And the thing is, you will find as a survivor, as you go forward in this whole thing, that Hoover is part of an ongoing cycle, right? So mm -hmm. you, you have your love bombing, you have your devalue phase where they start talking about you to you in bad ways. <laughs> and, and then you have your discard phase. And then and the discard is, of course, either 
actually dumping you or just cutting you off for a while. Mm -hmm. Maybe silent treatment, maybe they don't call for a few days or whatever. And then when you're living in the same house, it's a thousand times worse. Um, but then with the, um, with the discard comes eventually the Hoover, where they try to suck you back in, either while you're still in the relationship, they try to get you back on your good side, or if you left the relationship to get you either to come back into it or just to continue engaging mm -hmm. with them so they get supply. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very good. Okay. Um, and on that same note, um, now this one, um, Peggy says, I think mine was more hazy than that. All right. So, so let's talk about that. Um, I, I think you mean it wasn't as blatant and obvious as some of the examples that we gave. And that is highly likely. <laughs> That's the thing is we can't obviously give an example that everyone can relate to, but we can explain the process. And so when you, when you say it's more hazy, maybe you're talking about it being, um, there's more covert abuse there. Yeah. What yeah. was, what did, what was hazy? I missed the, the, what was hazy about it? Well, I think she's just talking about, um, the everything. Yeah. Yeah. It was around the time we were talking about the Madonna, Madonna horror thing. Uh, the, like the, yeah, the it's, it can be the roles. super yeah. subtle, super mm -hmm. subtle. It's you get the feeling though you're being used. Right. And right. everyone has that down then. Sure. Why not? But, <laughs> but not, but <laughs> it's, it's, patterns and regularity of that feeling in you and of watching their behavior and it's yeah. subtle and it's hard to explain sometimes yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know that I ever in the in the beginning I don't know that I ever got to where I was feeling I mean I probably did feel used but I didn't fully um, express it to myself or anyone else right that makes sense mm -hmm. like in hindsight I realized oh <laughs> it can you take know. a while especially with a covert to to come to yes realization of what's happening yes mm -hmm. yes um, also, Jeanette says her narcissist husband acts like he hates her, but always wants to be around her. That's exactly my point. With oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Inside the relationship. Oh, yeah. They, yeah, they talk to you like you're nothing or, or you're not good enough or whatever. And then yet they won't let you leave their space or have your own thoughts or whatever. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. yeah That's Taz, very common. Taz Jay's asking if can a narc, can a narcissist care about anyone? Well, they only they care about one person themselves themselves. Yeah. yeah, but can they care about others in this in the way you might care about an object or a yeah. thing? Um, yeah. So if it's theirs, they possess it, they own it, they care about it while it's still shiny and new, while it's doing what it want, what they while it meaning the person <laughs> is mm -hmm. doing what they uh, what they need and what they want. While they're not right. being questioned, while the narcissist is is in the state of um, being the shiny perfect object they think they are, the shiny right. perfect person they think they are, and then and then that's it. That's about the level of care. Right, right, and it's just like I've, I've said for years, like you love your cell phone, <laughs> like mm -hmm. it's amazing and it works, and then yep. a new one comes out and you're like, eh, maybe I'll get a new one, and you don't miss the old cell phone, right? You might miss one or two little things, but. Yeah. And they care about what you give to them. I can remember asking, do you even care about me? And the narcissist is saying, of course I do. I love you so much. And I said, why? And you know, when you get to that point in a relationship where you're asking that question, but they said, okay, I'll give you a list. And they actually had a list. And the list was because you do this for me, because you do that for me, because you yep. You make me feel good about myself because you do this for me, that for me, the other. And it was all, everything was a reference back. So that's how they care. Yes. Mm -hmm. They care about what you do for them. What you do for them, them, how you are for them and how they feel yes. about themselves around you. 
and that's yes. it. Yes, that's it. Mm-hmm. And that's, it, it can be devastating, especially when you've been in a relationship for more than a minute, you know, to, to know that you've been here doing all of this and yet, <laughs> right? And yet they mm-hmm. don't see you as a whole person. It's very frustrating. Um, Tina Marie Ranley says, I've been divorced since October, 2020. And he's now filing against me for child support when we have joint custody. I feel like that's probably not going to fly. Um, I guess, Tina, we would need more information. But usually if you have joint custody, the court will throw out whatever it is, especially if it's going against your divorce agreement. I mean, I guess he could try to re-challenge you for custody, you know, but I, <laughs> Lise, what are your thoughts about this? I'm sorry, I was reading something while you were, yeah. Okay. Uh, she's been divorced since October 2020, and they're now filing against her for child support when they have joint custody. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It, it again happens. it's a legal matter there's you can only do right. what you can do within the law um right. i don't know I, were it me i'd counter i'd counter sue for more joint custody on my end i mean i would just push and push because yeah. that way maybe the courts will negotiate it down mm-hmm. and I, I don't know you know it's again that's legal so it's hard to it's going to go state by state it's going to go court by judge by judge Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and, and so I would say, if you don't already have an attorney, um, oh, yeah. get one mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, and mm-hmm. do your research and find out what you can do to wrap your head around this situation from a logical standpoint and, and not an emotional one, which I know feels impossible, but consider that. And, and your divorce decree does count for something if custody was mentioned. So if he wants to challenge that, you know, there are a lot of I would talk to a lawyer. To jump, to be yeah, it's gonna have to jump through yeah. some hoops to challenge that. They, so they're okay. They're trying to get retro child support on fifty-fifty custody. So it sounds. Is that like, what I'm hearing? Yeah. Yeah, doesn't seem legit. I I don't believe yeah. that they're. Yeah. yeah. But a lot of times they'll do things to threaten you when you don't give them something else their way. Right. Right. And they'll come up with weird stuff like that that isn't even really. So what I would do is research what the law in your area states for child uh child support and custody laws and and it'll usually based on overnights and then salaries and there's a a formula i would look at the formula and see if they even have a legitimate case yeah my guess is this person's yeah sorry yeah 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 Yeah. right Mm -hmm. and they maybe maybe she makes more money than he does and so he thinks he deserves some of that but i'm fairly certain that you're not and then yeah and also get all your bills and get all your receipts and anything you can any documentation you have of anything you've spent on the children over the past however many years yes if you have it go through your bank statements your paypal statements anything that shows where you spend money and keep a list of the and say well yeah here's i've spent this too want to want to fight for that Mm -hmm. (laughs) yes yeah absolutely because my guess is you're probably the one buying all the things anyway um okay all right um, do you have another one for us right now? Uh, yeah. I have one, if not. Go ahead. I, I was okay. listening. I can't do okay. that. I know it's hard. <laughs> uh, Kathy says, this is my first live chat. My husband definitely has obsessive issues. We feel you. Uh, and then Grace says, the flying, did you already read this one from Grace? No. No. Um, okay. The flying monkey situations can be so embarrassing. The mm. lies. Yes. And this often is combined when it comes to the embarrassing part. You often see this with uh, a smear campaign, right? Mm-hmm. So they they get somebody, you know, on their side, or 
somebody's literally toxic enough to feel free lying about you, but mostly they bring someone in who can be their flying monkey on their side to, to and sometimes it starts off small, like the, the flying monkey calls you and says, oh, so-and-so, you know, is really worried about you. Are you okay? You know, or maybe they don't even mention so-and-so and they just call for information. You know, um, sometimes these people are genuinely concerned about you because of the lies that were told. And sometimes they're toxic. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, Grace, I feel you with the lies. At least doing thoughts well, on the situation's on toxic either way and you don't have to engage in it. So if there are people that you know to be nice, I would just change the subject or say that's not something I feel like discussing or ignore the lies, ignore the, if you engage in anything usually when the smear campaign has started and you try to combat it with defending yourself, people tend to see you as guilty. Yep. They tend to see you as like, why are they defending themselves so much? Right. If it's not true, why even say it? Why so, even say it? Yeah. So it's right. like simple statements. Like what did you, you always say, well, good one, Angie, you say, if you know me, you know the truth. Yeah. And you say that to somebody. So here's how it goes for me. What I suggest, I suggest, first of all, if you, you have to remember that none of those people are, you don't have to tell them anything. Okay, but right. if there's someone who you value and you think it deserves any explanation, then you tell them your story once, period. At the end of the story, if they are totally on board with you, <laughs> then you go, you know what? If you know me, you'd know that I would never or I would always, whatever, you mm -hmm. know. And then you stop. You don't talk again until they talk again. At that point, they're going to either go, you know what? You're so right. Or they're going to be like, I don't know still. And whatever they decide at that point, it, you have to make a decision then. Do you trust that they're on your side? Do you continue to trust them and let them be part of your life? Or do you not? Do you think this, you know, I don't hate this person, but I don't know why they're doing this to me. Or maybe you do hate them. Either way, somebody over there <laughs> is causing trouble for you with that person. That person obviously isn't on your side if they can't hear your story and go, you know what, you're right, or, or something. And then that person, you have a choice. Maybe they're just temporarily toxic and you, you just go, you know what, I'm going to step back for a minute. Maybe they're longer term toxic and you want to step back for good. But right then, all you have to do is know that if they aren't on your side or you can tell that they're going to be reporting back to whatever that person asks, you step back three steps mm -hmm. emotionally. You mm -hmm. stop talking to them for a while until this blows over and then you make a choice later, keep or, or not in your mm -hmm. life. Right? Yeah, my mm -hmm. thoughts. Yeah, we have a right to healthy people in our lives and we don't have to keep engaging with things that aren't good for us. That's right. And we don't always realize that when we're in the middle of trying to no. survive that relationship. It feels like you're losing a lot and it feels like yes. people are turning on you, but what you're losing are people who have no backbone to stand up when their own merit and often see truth yeah. based on what they know of you. Mm -hmm. That's it. And yeah, you're not losing a whole lot often. Right. Sometimes and you lose good people. Yes. Most of the time. What people tell me is I lost a lot of people, but when I look back, I realize it was necessary. Yeah, that's the bottom line. Because what happens is you begin to value all these other people's opinions because maybe they were nice to you or whatever, but we forget that we have the right to, to, to set and, and maintain our boundaries. And for me, mm -hmm. this is a perfect time to learn a boundary, <laughs> to learn how, if you haven't yet. Um, yeah. Do you have a question for us? Um, I like the statement. Well, I don't like the statement. The statement's horrible, but I like to I would like to read it. Alexandra Collins says, mine uses values as a weapon. Calls oh, me a cool. liar because he knows that it is one of my most important values, which gets my response. 
do not engage when he is weaponizing your attributes, values, morals, anything, personal morals, I mean, or or any, anything about you that you hold as something positive, do not engage at all. He's weaponizing it. Yes. And that's something I was going to mention earlier when you were talking about um, how they will take your bad points and or your, your painful points and poke at you and love bombing. Well, here's the other, the other oh, side yeah. of that is that they will take your things you love about yourself, things that you think yeah. are okay. But, and, and focus and twist on them. that. Twist them up. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. And, and then usually it's projecting because it's usually stuff that um, mm-hmm. they are doing anyway like obviously if he's a narcissist he's probably lying well he's lying right there calling you a liar is lying so it's projecting it can help gray rocket by naming to yourself the behavior that you see like wow they're really projecting a lot today but don't say it out loud and then walk away don't engage in it yeah you have to recognize that when they're going to that level they are seriously threatened by something Mm -hmm. and usually it's they feel like you had some big accomplishment and so they need to balance you back to your little beneath them place. And so you don't want to, you know, they want to validate you. They want to make sure that you still feel useless and worthless. Yep. That's the whole thing, right? Yep. Yeah. 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 It's, yeah. Uh, yeah. Now, oh, Peggy says, did, did you have something else to say about that? I'm so sorry. No, no, go ahead. Okay. Peggy said to you, Hoover, thanks. She said, totally, Lise, Hoovers are super uncomfortable. Then you get kind of angry when you figure out the Hoover Oh, yes. Mm Yes, that's the truth. And, but actually, something that Lisa mentioned earlier that I said before too, when you, you could be uncomfortable for sure, but you could also take it a little different. You could go, oh, that's hoovering. That's a narcissistic behavior that has nothing to do with me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. So it gives you power. I, I find if I could label the behavior, oh, that's gaslighting, that's this, whatever, like Lisa said, I can, it, for me, it takes the sting out it does. of the behavior, yeah. right? Well, it, so it takes you out of the equation. Yes. Right? Yes. It's yes. about them. It, and it really is nearly mm-hmm. always, you know, mm-hmm. um, they will insult you because they had a bad day at work, uh, but they just don't have anybody else to dump their garbage on. So they find something to pick a fight with you about, Yep. Or they, right? Or they will do it because they think you look a little too sure of yourself or a little too happy. You know, you, you, got that degree or you wrote that book or you did whatever oh that's something everybody can do that you're so stupid you know like Mm -hmm. that was yeah for me it was um one thing I knew about myself is that I was smart that's the only thing I knew for sure and I would be insulted about my intelligence constantly or um called crazy um etc you know so they're they're always going to find something and and so if they can't find something painful that hits you the other way or even they'll just do both they'll they'll go for something you think that is good about yourself and try to take it from you so Mm -hmm. yep do you have another uh mystique was asking i think it was mystique um is it common for the uh, narcissist to become obsessed with you i think that like it's 100 percent common for them to be obsessed with wanting supply Mm -hmm. um that's which is you (laughs) Mm -hmm. um I think it, when it's taken to the level of what one would call obsession, where you have stalking and you have obsessive behavior, I wouldn't say that's super common, but it happens and it's worth talking about because it can and does happen. And the thing is you, you can kind of see it. Here's the, here's how you, people often tell me they, the red flags they should have seen is 
exes with restraining orders, with protective orders, or other orders of uh, stay away. Um, cease and desist orders, businesses who give cease and desist orders to people, uh, uh, multiple lawsuits against other people, um, things that keep you, that kept the narcissist in play with others in a negative way over and over. A lot of people will tell me they should have seen that. They just thought that the person had a lot of bad luck. <laughs> or, oh, yeah. you know what I mean or like had known a bunch of like well they were really in a rough crowd so of course they met a bunch of crazy people or whatever they make excuses because obviously they're different from the crazy ex that they're being told about yeah mm -hmm. and they will use that crazy ex very often to condition you early mm -hmm. so they'll be like I think I've used this example before but you know they'll be like oh my gosh I'm so traumatized because the ex never did the dishes I always had to do the dishes I'm so I can't even hardly look at a dish anymore and and we as empathic nice people we we go oh honey that's okay I'll do the dishes yeah. and we make sure forever to do the dishes so that they aren't traumatized by the dishes and that's yeah, because, <laughs> yeah. oh yeah mm -hmm. right a funny example but it's true and it was actually it's very similar to one that was used on me oh um, yeah mm -hmm. yeah and, and sometimes this begins by them saying oh I love this about you my ex didn't have that or, or did, was different in some way, but I really love this about you. And so then you go, oh, and then you think, I don't want to be anything like that horrible ex because of course they're being demonized to you by the narcissist, which some of us can also look back at our previous relationships and maybe see where that was done to us as an ex, right? Where, where we were the evil, okay. We were told mm -hmm. someone was evil and we believed it. Right, then, oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yep. Um, Adrian says, I still stay with my narcissist mother and her supply, but I'm working on getting back in my own place in a couple months. But when my narcissist mother and her supply is around me, they both whispered and, and have, she's been called a psycho and schizophrenic. Yeah, that is a straight up gaslighting. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Classic, right? <laughs> yeah, cl mm -hmm. yeah, totally textbook. Adrian, when you, when this happens, um, if I were you, I would first of all steer clear of them as much as I can. Like I would stay out or I would stay in my room with the door closed as much as I could when they're awake. Um, if you can't do that, you know, then just kind of carefully turn toward anyone else or inside, right? And I'm not trying to tell you that I want you to become a toxic person um, as a result of this, but what I'm saying is if you can minimize contact with them even when you're living there, you can keep your head in the right place. You don't want people, you know, maybe it's not this way for you for me if i was constantly hearing and i have gone here from other people and this was toxic people in my in my past um the how bad i was how crazy i was how stupid i was i would even though i would know in my head i'm not bad or i'm not stupid i'd still probably think i was crazy yeah <laughs> you pick one yeah right right yeah. Uh -huh. right and uh -huh. if that was right my my parent type constantly tried to have me diagnosed with different things at one point had me incorrectly diagnosed as bipolar <laughs> and I was you know took meds that were wrong everything and so when someone's going that route they're she's trying to keep you stuck and maybe she gets some kind of supply from you being there maybe you're cleaning the house or maybe you're you know just making her feel less alone who mm -hmm. knows but she doesn't want you to leave and that's why she's emotional dumping ground whatever it is yeah yep. whatever it is mm -hmm. and she might be doing this to just keep you from feeling confident or whatever but for I'm going to say whatever she's doing is she needs to feel like she's better than you and she also needs you to feel like you're not capable of functioning in the world because if you do then you'll leave her and she won't have control 
Mm-hmm. Some thoughts. Thoughts for Adrian? Yeah, Lisa? no, I think you got it. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, uh, let's, see. It uh, let's see. What do I have? Elizabetha. I probably pronounced that wrong. I'm sorry. How long can the hoovering go on? Oh, oh. I wish I had a happy answer for you here, but yeah. it, as no long answer. as you allow it, as long as right. as long as it goes on. I mean, it, it's yeah. how long. It, the less you engage in it, the better. The less right. you. What we need to do is to learn how to heal ourselves so that the Hoovers aren't gigantic, horrible triggers. Now, if someone's stalking you in dangerous and all of those things, you're going to have one situation. If it was a romantic relationship where it's an affair of the heart sort of thing that feels like your heart is broken, that's the stuff we can heal. That's yes. the, it's, it's, if someone's scary, legitimately, of course, that would be, that makes sense. You still need to learn. You can only control what you can control, how to put safety measures in place, how to protect yourself and all of those things. But when it's not that situation and it's your, you know, run of the mill Hoover that doesn't stop. I mean, I got one after 25 years, I'll tell you that. And it was straight at first I thought, okay, is this a Hoover? It's, you know, it's Facebook. People can, people do that. They reach out to people they knew in high school, whatever, you know, it happened. Oh, no, no. It was, you want to come to my bed within a day of hoovering and i'm like crazy yeah because that's why i answered you uh-huh you know I'm like, it's a hoover that's a hoover yep yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah um the point is i think they don't i think they will continue as long as you allow it and yeah. as lisa has demonstrated sometimes they come back 20 25 years later same thing happened to me with one yeah uh, and it I- happened <laughs> you but see it didn't affect me it was sort of i just laughed and i went there it is right. boom block Boom. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh-huh. And and that's where we want you to get. We want you to get to the place where you can still be aware, but you won't have to be heartbroken every time. Right. Right. Because see, um, they're cycling for supplies. They're they they cycle and recycle and recycle yeah. and recycle every person that has come into their life that they've used. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. when the supply gets low, they and the the pool of people seems mm-hmm. slim to them. They just start fishing back in the old pool. Exactly. That's why they don't ever want to give you any closure because mm-hmm. they need to keep that door open in case 25 years or 25 minutes later, they need your attention again, your supply again. Yeah. Right. No, no. Um, let's see here. So, ah, sorry. Oh, there it goes. Ah. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> all right. Um, now, this is an interesting one from Grace. Um, we, um, I'm going to have to get off within 10 minutes or 15 okay. minutes, by the way. Yeah. Okay. Um, Grace says, the talking down parts, I only now realize that he was, is always talking down to me. I just thought he was smarter than me for years, but it's not true. There you go. Yeah. That's a fact. That right there it should, they almost always, when they get to a certain point, they start talking down to you and, and it never fully stops. And, and they might even say things to you like, well, you know, what, what would, but what should I do if my boss tells me X, Y, Z? And you're like, what do you mean your boss? <laughs> like, if they aren't your boss, why would they even, you know what I'm saying? So it's it's almost an, an it's almost an admission of the fact that they're toxic when they, when they play this game with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they won't. It is okay. because healthy people respect your boundaries. They may, yeah. someone may try to cross your boundary and they still be a healthy person because they want something. Right. They want to know right. you're going to say, um, sorry, or they're trying to re-engage in the relationship, but somebody toxic is going to push, 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 push on that boundary. Mm-hmm. 
And if you've said, no, I'm done. I mean, uh, Elizabeth says he keeps trying to be together again, but I'm done. So far he has been, uh, he has been kind about it for two months now. Okay. When a narcissist is kind to you, that is a trap. Yep. That is them. That's them keeping. I always say it's like a, like in a movie when they open the door just to crack and then the, the bad guy puts their foot in the door and you go to yes. close the door and you can't close it. That's them being nice. It's the foot in yep. the door and you're trying yes. to close the door and you can't. And there's always that crack that their creepy little eyes peeking in. So gray rock ignore or whatever you have to do the kindness as well um it's hard sometimes I start to feel bad and that's exactly what they want but then I remember how things were and remind myself of the facts good job that's what you got to do and yep yep, this is a game it's how they get their way yeah and I'll tell I'll tell you something for those of you who are in the danger zone right there if you've just left or you you've been gone for two years but you're not disconnected yet right write yourself a list as graphic as possible mm-hmm. of every single reason you don't want to be with them. Everything that happened, every look they gave you, I'm not even kidding. Put it all down on paper and keep it because that's your insurance policy. If they do hoover you later, you pull that puppy right back out. Use as many emotional words as you can so that you can feel what you wrote, right? When not only will it help you get the stuff out of your head, but it will also help you if you do get hoovered, you can pull it out and remember exactly why. Because they make you forget abuse amnesia absence makes the heart grow fonder etc all those things bottom line is they they stay away a while they start acting like the person you signed up for in the first place <laughs> it's danger yeah. yeah yeah it is it's danger. yeah um amanda is saying uh that uh, i need more validation from this group can give anymore because I, you have no idea how dangerous my situation was and in that case, yes, please find the resources that you need to keep yourself safe. We do yes. often need multiple sources of support. Mm-hmm. There is a limit to what we can do here. There's a limit to what we can do in coaching, to what we can do in like a group coaching situation. And then there's the police. And then there's you know domestic violence advocates that are really specifically geared for helping people um, stay get and stay safe. So yes, know the limits of the group and then find other resources to supplement your um, your support that you need. There are some dangerous psychopathic, sociopathic narcissists out there. And, it, and it, more than that, that's not just narcissism. That is um, criminal. Yes. You know? Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So Better and Better asks... Um, how do you stop flying monkeys that are strangers stalking you when you have no evidence for the police? I would start to take evidence, collect it. Um, if you get weird phone calls, you know, you can, you, if there's texts happening, you go to your provider and have them print out the texts. Um, if they, you know, from their official, whatever, um, you can write down in a notebook or an app on your phone or something every time something happens. And that is the evidence that you have to bring to the police. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if you have friends, you know, basically what I'm saying is report everything. Mm-hmm. Start, you know, go to the police with up to this point, this is what has happened. And then, you know, maybe they'll just be like, well, okay, we'll keep it on file. Okay, next time, this is what happened. Unless this person is the police in your area, in which case you have to go a little further than that. But just by getting the stuff on record with the police and documenting it yourself, that's the beginning. Mm-hmm. It's not, oh, it's not the full solution, but it's the beginning. Least thoughts. Yeah. Documenting is 
let me reread the question. Um, how do you gather evidence about flying monkeys from random people following you for the police? Yeah, I mean, gathering evidence, all you can do photographs, um, documentation, mm -hmm. um, any interactions that you have, write it down. Um, yeah. It's, yeah, that's, uh, unfortunately, is what we have to do, right? Yes, yes, yes. And it's, you know, every, in some cases, it's going to get worse. And, and then, you know, you consider your options. You put a security system on your house or you move or you, what, you know what I mean? You have to look at what, what, what possible things you can do. And if those people are found to be, you know, colluding with, with an abuser, I mean, they might themselves experience legal trouble. So keep that in mind as well. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I would need to know more about your situation to give you a better answer because um, mm -hmm. this is a vague, kind of a vagueish question, but I have talked to several people who were um, gang stalked, people who were, mm -hmm. you know, dealing with all the flying monkey stuff. So I know there's help out there for you, but I, I think in some cases the help is, I just, I don't want to talk about that anymore, uh, but just know that there are people that can try to help you um, if, if it does go to that level, in which case I need extra help. Okay. Please, anything else? Um, what was I going to say? Um, oh, I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, we should talk sometime about when we, as the survivors, are obsessed with the narcissist. Sometimes get letting go of them. Yes. It can flip, and people they can flip the other direction, and people mm -hmm. don't want them, or they do want them, don't want them. And it's more than cognitive dissonance. It's more than trauma bonding. It's it becomes an obsession. What are they doing? Where are they going? Who are they with? What, like an obsession to almost- It takes stop. over your whole life. Yeah, it takes yeah. over your life. I've talked to people who basically are stalking the narcissist and they're doing the very thing that we're talking about here on the flip side, right. not for their safety reasons, but because they can't let go of the obsession with the narcissistic person. It's um, like deep They want to understand it. it. They want to yeah. fix it. They want to make it right. They want to, you know, and it's, it's like trauma bonding on steroids, really, for some people, you know, it's pumped up big difficult hard to let go of things yeah mm -hmm. yeah absolutely um okay so i have one statement for i know that we already talked about uh the where is it <laughs> sorry um i don't know my ex kept his mask okay oh alexander she had talked to and we kind of started to touch on this but alexander collins talked about using values as a weapon. Um, so this is two things. Mm -hmm. This is virtue signaling. If you mm -hmm. want to look, I have a video on that. Mm -hmm. um, and it's also because and they, they do this a lot in religious groups, for example. Mm -hmm. um, they use yeah to control people. Um, and then also, I'm going to say in this case, it's a little bit of gaslighting because obviously if you're telling the truth and he's telling you you're not telling the truth, he's trying to get you to question yourself. Um, that That would be a situation that would be interesting to to discuss in more depth for sure mm -hmm. um, yeah okay um let's see here so i don't know wait taz they only wait a minute i think i read taz? that one yeah. okay okay all right all right oh jj hey jj all right oh, stacy says it's hard because i like to talk wait okay this is what i'm going to cut real quick she says i'm working on trying not to overshare with people or, mm. so people don't use it against me that's a really important thing. She says, mm -hmm. it's hard because I like to talk. So Stacy, in that case, um, what I would do, if I, I would come up with for myself a list of safe topics yep. and, and I would stick to those. And that's mm -hmm. what I do. 
Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And when you yeah, catch just, yourself oversharing, just simply take a breath. Yep. Change the subject and go, what was I talking about? Oh, anyway, say something else. You know, you can always yes. play that card and or don't don't beat yourself up when you do it because beating yourself up just then makes you feel bad about yourself and there's no point in that. So right. And if it, it happens, actually. it happens, and then you can back back up. Realize that yeah. a lot of times also what we're sharing. If it can be used against you and it will be used against you, you don't want that person around anyway. So yes. if you've overshared and then you see someone use it, thank yourself for oversharing in that moment because now you've caught them doing right. something and you don't have to waste time on them anymore. And yeah. A fact. Yep, totally. Um, uh, did you read the one about the feeling of being used and this cannot easily be communicated from uh, comprehend and copy nature? I don't think so. Okay. Uh, Comprehending copy nature says, yes, the feeling of being used, and this cannot be easily communicated to others, especially when the narcissist is so sweet and nice and kind to everyone. Mm -hmm. Facts. That's that false self, that fault, the mask that they wear, right? Yep. The communal narcissist, the covert narcissist, the yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. altruistic narcissist, all of them. Altruistic, yeah. yep. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. So that is, that's the fact. Um, let's see. KP, retracted. I would like, okay. Uh, Hello, it's I would like to know why I get obsessed with men who are not emotionally or otherwise available. I think it has something to do with my emotional injury. It's very annoying. Yes, it has to do possibly with your attachment style. It has yes. to do with your, um, your traumas in your past. I think what happens personally is that we're trying to rework our traumas to make them to heal them. And often we're attracted to the thing that's comfortable, that's known, but also the thing we want to fix in ourselves. Right. So that does that make sense? So it's like if they're emotionally unavailable and I can make them available, then all of my past where people have abandoned me goes away and I'm fixed. Is mm. that that's how I don't that's how I feel about it. And I, I have see it in people. And then when you stop doing it and you go, wait a minute, I really should just be around people who are emotionally available your life changes yes yes <laughs> yeah and I think I, I think I did that too especially when I was younger mm -hmm. and I would feel I almost was <laughs> sorry for what I'm about to say I think I was sabotaging myself um mm -hmm. because I thought you know if I was if I was with somebody and they were totally on the same page as me that that couldn't work and mm -hmm. I didn't know why that couldn't work because but all I knew is that you needed to have, <laughs> it felt normal to have conflict and I would be bored if there was no conflict. Um, and and right. when it comes, right. And when it comes to these unavailable types, they were my bread and butter for years. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? And, and they would, yeah, not, not that I would be cheating with them, but I would, they were, as you said, emotionally unavailable meaning. Right. Meaning they lack empathy. Yeah. They lack empathy, <laughs> but balance. it feels, uh, if it has to do with your emotional wounds it's because it feels normal to you to be yes. around that and actually somebody caring and somebody mm -hmm. actually giving you attention feels super uncomfortable yes and it was fun to like you said the challenge of it i there's still a part of me that does that like i find mm -hmm. the person in the corner of the room yep. face everybody and mm -hmm. i try to make them my friend and yep. i almost always succeed yeah but, but i look for the prickliest most difficult brooding introvert mm -hmm. so yep. to speak and and I yeah. think that's what it is. I don't now, but I used to think, oh, they're just introverted. They're just brooding. No, they're sulking and pouting in a corner and looking mysterious so that somebody 
goes to them. And yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. that was my bread and butter. Yes. Yep. Uh, so yeah, good, good, good discussion. We'll talk yeah. more about that. Yeah. And you're not, yeah, you're not alone in that as what I think we're saying. <laughs> I think it's correct. It's, um, it's and whatever thing. it is, it doesn't have to be that type. It can be, I'm really attracted to the charming, you know, out there uh, person that is the center of attention and you know there's people who are attracted to that and the the overt narcissist you know the more um so yes i think it it does have to do with our wounds and that's when you dig into your own healing and you and you find i mean that is one thing in group coaching we do a lot of Mm. is trying to like flush out this stuff for ourselves, like I always picture like it's up in the bush, like a little quail and we have to flush it out so we can see it like what it is, you know, and, and then, and then work on it. And there's a million ways to work on it. Right. It is all kinds of ways. This is also what shadow work is good for. Yes, Mm -hmm. absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I I guess I can't, well, for some reason there's somebody I can't see. Uh, That's okay though, I guess. Um, Okay. Well, it's all right. Um, So Chris mentions, something about um the collapsing nar- narcissist to kp i can't find kp uh but that they sometimes seem to mellow with age sometimes they get worse mellowing with age is rare <laughs> they might appear to mellow but you do though of course sometimes it happens uh but generally we mm-hmm. we see them they get worse when they're yeah. collapsing and just they get yucky. different yeah mm-hmm. very yucky yeah they are happy to use the poor me stuff um, nobody loves me. I'm, I'm disabled. I'm, I got all these problems, you know, so how dare you not bow down before me or whatever. Um, I've heard one that was kind of like in this collapsing and his thing was, well, I've always been the one that's had to say the hard things to people, <laughs> you know, like as if he's a hero for, for his yeah. a-hole yeah. mouth, you know, yeah. <laughs> like that's, yeah. yeah. And that is exactly how they justify speaking to us the way they do, honestly, and to everyone. Um, I've always had, that's very interesting. I've always had to be the one to say the hard things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Woo, okay, good yeah, stuff. Um, one, you know, and, I, and I'm willing to take that fall. That was his other, I'm willing to take that fall. Right. In other words, he just justified where everyone hates him. Right, all himself. right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I see it. Okay, I have to talk, I have to say this one last thing because I know okay. we're, we're out of time, but yes, Adrian, no, not Adrian. Um, but she's right. She says they hate it when we stand up. Yes, they do. But Grace says people with narcissist behaviors are people too. They have the ability to care. It's like it's love through a filter, though. People with narcissistic traits, I think she means not, traits. Not. Okay, she says behaviors, but same yeah, thing. Okay, maybe is so, that what? Yeah, I assume. Um, so I would say this. Yes, we're all, as far as we're aware, people. You know, them and us. Um, whatever their trauma is, might be almost identical to ours, mm-hmm. but. The difference is that some of us go people pleaser, codependent, you know, uh, like let us lift you up so we could, you know, be under you almost. And then some of us become narcissists. <laughs> Those who become narcissists, they turned all of their, the love they might've given a healthier parent or person in their life inward. And it, 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 it's corrupted sort of. Mm-hmm. We're also corrupted. We're not, we're not no, so much better, <laughs> as, right? But we just don't necessarily hurt other people directly and on purpose as an effort to hold ourselves up right you're the ones doing the holding up usually right and the re- part of the reason that you end up so often seeing a you know survivor and a narcissist fighting each other is because our trauma kind of goes together 
And mm -hmm. so in those spaces where you might lack because they, you know, because of what you went through, they might actually have a little more strength in those areas. So, but at the same time, your traumas kind of fit together with their traumas in such a way that, you know, you are happy to keep trying to prove yourself and up to a point and keep trying to make them like you or whatever. And this is on me too, not just you. Um, and they are happy to want to force someone to stay with them and, and they want a built-in source of supply. And like in hindsight, I look back at my old relationships and I think every single person I was ever with definitely walked away from me having a higher self-esteem than they did when they showed up. And that's because I would lift them up, right? So if you think about your own relationships, I wonder if you see a similar pattern. Anyway. Mm -hmm. yeah, well, so. that and yes, and, and if the thing is, we're not here to diagnose someone, we're here to give you information about narcissistic traits, narcissistic behaviors, and, nar and when that tips over into being toxic for your life. Right. There's gonna be, I, some people have traits, sure, uh, in some areas of their life and we all do in some we ways. all do in right. some ways yes right. and and so we're, we never tell people get out run unless it's dangerous we tell people figure out for yourself right. what you need for your life and is this right. relationship healthy or not healthy for you and is right. this a pattern you're seeing is this a is this person making changes are they taking accountability there's a whole lot that goes to it so yes. we're not yeah you know narcissists and what you just say yeah right. go ahead I'm sorry, I want to pull out no, one point that you made, and that is to you. Is it toxic to you? Mm -hmm. Because yeah. there are situations where maybe somebody, um, you know, gets along great with other people, but but for you, they're toxic because they won't accept something big about you, or for whatever the reason is. They don't have to be diagnosed narcissists to be toxic mm -hmm. for you. Right. Mm -hmm. And so we oh, don't care absolutely. about the labels. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yes. Uh huh. Right. The labels are only to help us all find each other. Right. Have a common us. language. It's a, yes. yeah, a common language so that we can talk about it without having to explain it every five minutes. Yeah. Because yeah. otherwise we'd have to say, you know, the toxic person who doesn't have empathy, doesn't show accountability and is treating everyone in a manipulative way every single time, instead of just saying narcissist. <laughs> it's, right. You know, right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and the, the bottom line is that we do see the similar patterns. The reason we're all brought together. Sure. Maybe you showed up here because you you know, have decided that your person is a narcissist and maybe they are, right? But the reason that you stayed is because you heard somebody say something that you fully resonated with. Oh yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and like, oh my gosh, I've had to, literally a lot of people. Are you like listening in my kitchen window? Like, right. have you been spying on me? How did you know this? Well, it's right. because we're all in the same type of, you know, right. we've all gone through the same type of thing. So mm -hmm. labels, not such a big deal. Um, but certainly, um, we we don't we know that narcissists are people we never advocate abusing narcissists okay no. we don't want you to hurt them physically or otherwise but what we do want is for you to recognize that the way they're treating you is not your fault the right. way they're treating you the things they're saying to you not your fault now see a lot of us get confused because we think oh hold on we go i really didn't do the dishes that day so maybe this right. right we make excuses for the, the, the right right the right. kernel of truth that they bring mm -hmm. forth and then they exaggerate into this big, you're a total piece of crap thing because you didn't do the dishes. <laughs> That's the part that we have to watch for. If you, you know, so the point is don't assume, don't let anyone else form your opinion of yourself. Mm -hmm. You decide. This, is, this is really good. I'm going to read one thing before we go. Somebody, okay. where is it? Um, better and better says, how do you hold on to your own opinions 
I have a tendency to agree with people, even though I don't want to. I just feel that people know better than my opinions and my opinions aren't as valid. This is exactly what Angie's talking about here. Yes. You learn through healing, get yourself some coaching, some group coaching, some therapy, whatever you need to help you build the part of yourself that wasn't built, not because there's something wrong with you, because you didn't have the opportunity to build it for some reason right. in your life that gives you that internal anchor of knowing your own worth and value and, um, and that your opinion matters. That's right. Your, your yeah. opinion, frankly, may be wrong sometimes. Who cares? It still matters. And right? it's worth hearing. It's yes. worth hearing and it's okay yes. if it's not perfect. It's okay if yeah. it's not what other people think. Right. Yeah. And the thing is, sometimes you might be right and everybody else might be wrong. Exactly. So you, There's that too. You may have, yeah. <laughs> and, and if everyone's wrong and they're telling you, yeah, especially if you're around toxic people a lot, you're going to be wrong. You know why you're wrong? Because you're right. Because they're all, they're right. Because they're they yes. hold the, the the delusional state. They have to believe in it. Right. You don't have to agree with them. So what you can do is, if you're in a situation and you know they're expecting you to agree, um, and they need you to agree for it, you can say things like "I hear you," or "That makes sense," or you know, "That must something that doesn't say yes, I agree." <laughs> you mm -hmm. know? Well, you make a valid point, but or nothing. You could say nothing. You know. Um, depending on the circumstances, uh, I would I would absolutely not agree with anyone, especially if it's a, it's a fundamental yeah. issue, unless I had to to just stay safe. Um, mm -hmm. If I totally disagreed with them, so if it's a stay safe issue, you need to be worrying less about that and more about how you're going to get out. If it's a physical safety issue, um, but if it's a just a you're irritated because you always have to you know back down thing, mm -hmm. then you know then either say something like. Well, I hear what you're saying, but I think this, or, mm -hmm. well, but what about this possibility or nothing, <laughs> just say a non-committal answer or don't engage if they insist that in fact, the, the grass is actually pink outside and you're misunderstanding what green means or right. whatever, <laughs> right? <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> okay, <laughs> right on. Boy, this has been a good one today, Lisa. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, guys, we would love to stay longer, um, but unfortunately we are preparing to step out. Uh, Tina, I do have several videos on my channel here, and I think Lisa does as well, maybe about parental alienation. Mm -hmm. um, so if that's something that we need to cover again, let us know. Um, and BB, yeah. yes, you can ask questions here, or you can go over to my channel as well and ask questions there when I'm live. Yes, we obviously today are ending, but <laughs> next week, next Tuesday, yes. Um, yes. please do. Um, Lee, yes, Lisa, you're going to do a live stream before then, yeah? Yeah, I'll channel? be over there. I don't have a day yet. Probably tomorrow, okay. Thursday, okay. Friday. What is today? Tuesday. Right. Yeah, probably, I'm going to try and go a couple times this week. Okay. So make sure you're signed up for um, subscribe to and bell notification on Lisa's channel and mine. They will be sharing that in the chat here. Um, and I'll also, when this video goes up live later, I'll have it right about next to her face. <laughs> and Angie, you, leave the, you leave the chat up or you turn the chat off when, you, when it replays? I, I do leave the chat up. Okay. Yes. Somebody asked that. That's why I'm okay. Um, you can delete your comments out of the chat right now if you want to. Mm -hmm. Um, for those of you who don't want to be, oh, seen they there. wanted to be able to read it. That's why. They oh yeah. It, yeah, it stays yeah. up. Yeah. Okay. Yep. All right. Okay, everybody. Um, we are out of here. I have a client call, and I think we may as well. Um, oh hey, Bell. Um, so come see us next week, and we have some exciting things planned for the upcoming week. Yep. Yes, you guys will love it. All right. See you next week. Uh, Lisa, any final words of wisdom? No, thank you. It's good to see you.
right? You too. And thanks to everybody, um, to the Mazawad, Chris, and 